Hello and welcome to the Club Development Scotland podcast brought to you by Supporters Direct Scotland. In this episode of the podcast, we're going to be speaking to Mark Covington, CEO of Snap Sponsorship, a platform designed to help community sports clubs secure sponsorship and help them grow. Now, even before COVID struck, there were around 60,000 sports clubs in the UK operating at either a financial breakpoint or a deficit. Uh, and this really kind of needs to drill home the, the urgency for clubs to recruit and, and bring in new sources of income to, to support their activities. Sponsorship can form a vital part of income for any club and questions of how to attain and retain sponsorship is one that is regularly discussed and one that we hope to answer in this podcast with the help of Mark. Now, as I mentioned, Mark is the CEO of Snap Sponsorship. Uh, his inspiration and motivation for starting Snap was discovered whilst working on the funding and development of a new clubhouse at Mark's local rugby club. And having worked in a range of industries spanning voluntary to major blue chip firms, Mark identified uh, a means to enable sports clubs to grow through sponsorship, which has resulted in the Snap Sponsorship Portal. Mark talks through um, his story, really, from the very start, his ideas for the platform, um, how he's developed it over the years, and really touches upon best practice in terms of recruiting uh, sponsorship to, to community sports clubs. Um, so hopefully this is a, a podcast you enjoy. And without further ado, here is Mark Covington talking about Snap Sponsorship. So Mark, thank you very much for joining us on the on the podcast today. So as the founder of, of Snap Sponsorship, you guys are pretty steeped in experience when it comes to obtaining sponsorship for, for grassroots sports clubs. I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about Snap Sponsorship, how it came to be and what kind of inspired you to start the start the platform. Yeah, of course. Um... Well, first of all, thanks for thanks very much for, for inviting me along. I mean, from my perspective, you know, why, why do we start it? I mean, I'm, I'm like many other volunteers, you know, up and down the country, just passionate about my local sports club. Um, sport gave me a huge amount of value growing up uh, as a participant. And then uh, like what happens to everyone, you get to a point in time in, in life when you, you're not on the pitch, you're still on the sidelines. So, you know, did my, did my stint in coaching. Um, had great fun bringing a youth age group through into seniors and then and then ultimately coaching my local club's first team. Um, I've been a member there for 25 years and seen various committees come and go um, and see how the club was run. And you know, whilst everyone did a phenomenal job, um, it became very apparent to me when we embarked on a, on a redevelopment journey for our clubhouse um, that we really need to look at commercials differently. Um, you know, that's a huge undertaking for any club. Uh, regardless of size, regardless of the, the grandeur of the, the redevelopment, whether we're talking 4G pitches, new pavilions, or whether we're talking just about a little refurb, you know, these costs are significant to a membership organisation. Um, the cost to our club was significant. We went for a full rebuild of the entire pavilion. Um, and, you know, we needed to look at sponsorship and our revenue stream slightly differently. Um, you know, I was still a volunteer at this point, you know, but I was starting to encounter problems which I thought, you know what, this can't just be our club that, that faces these challenges. You know, we've got a really committed, passionate group of members. We've got really passionate volunteers who give up their time to do things on and off the field. Um, but how do we how do we generate revenue? Because I could just see that as a membership, we were so valuable. There are so many local businesses that would like to like to speak to us, like to engage with our members. Um, and that, that's where it all started. Um, I went from, you know, volunteering supporting my club trying to help them secure sponsorship which we we had some really good success doing um we then started to get engaged by various other clubs in the local area saying well could you tell us how you've done it at your club and you know all of a sudden we found ourselves telling other sports clubs how we were doing it so successfully at, at my club um and me and another person from my rugby club decided you know actually there's an opportunity here to support support clubs on a commercial basis so we started it as a business and snap sponsorship was formed back in 2012 um, back then we were what you might describe as a consultancy we were going out and burning shoe leather walking the streets on behalf of clubs knocking on the doors of local businesses and trying to position the club as, as something of value uh, trying to find some common ground where the business wanted to get involved and the, and the club wanted to get involved and they could they could deliver each other a, a kind of a win-win outcome um, uh, we, we had again some, some really good success with that in in the first kind of 18 months two years and realized that there was a much bigger challenge here, both nationally and globally for grassroots sport, but also the charity sector and various others around, you know, how do we professionalize and streamline sponsorship and how do we take this learning, this really steep learning curve that we've been on in that first two years and, and share it with, with a grassroots community nationally. If you look across the UK, 
depending on whose data you believe, there's there's somewhere in the region of 215,000 amateur sports clubs. Um, and all of them could have probably learned something from our experiences over that first two years. Um, and that's when we embarked on the development of snapsponsorship.com. So it's effectively a digitization of you know, everything that we'd learned in that first two years um, and enables us to kind of deliver to this world of sponsorship what Uber did to taxis and what Airbnb did to the travel space. It's really bringing what was quite an archaic industry into the 21st century um, with a disruptive technology platform. And what we've seen is it's enabled grassroots volunteers to be more efficient with their time, uh, reduce the burden of administration, uh, increase the sponsorship they're securing and improving the retention of the sponsors they've already got. Um, yeah. And you know, that's, that's the product we have today. Absolutely. I, it's, a, it's a really impressive platform. So I, I, I wondered for people that were listening that perhaps aren't aware of it and listening and hearing about Snap Swanship for the first time, if you could give a bit of background to the actual functionality of it in terms of um, how, it, how it acts, basically, and, and what benefits it brings a club that's, that's uh, registered on there. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I think, first of all, you know, there's there's a kind of piece around education. So if, um, yeah, if you if you consider that, you know, there, there may be volunteers out there that are absolutely flying, having a great experience of engaging sponsors, securing them, retaining them. Uh, and, and that's amazing. But there is also a huge proportion of those 215,000 clubs who have got incredibly intelligent, incredibly committed volunteers working at their club. But when you say the word sponsorship, you know, to them, it's really a philanthropic donation from a friend at the club or maybe even from themselves from the business they work for um so there's a big piece in there around education and you know how do we identify what good looks like what is best practice you know if sponsorship from an estate agent for a football club in the north of england works um there's no reason why that won't work for a boxing club in wales or a rugby club in scotland or a sailing team on the south coast the principles of sponsorship don't change. They don't change by geography. They don't change by performance level. They don't change by sport type. It's purely uh, a, a, a process of identifying what you have as a value as an organization, a team, a league, a national governing body, an individual athlete. You know, what is your value to a potential business? How do you find common ground? How do you meet their objectives? What By meeting their objectives, how do you deliver value um, or how do they deliver value to you by re in return, whether that be through giving you products or services or cash. Um, and then if you can find that common ground, then there's a transaction to be to be made. Um, so first of all, it's that it's that knowledge piece, it's that education piece. And, and one thing we do across the network using the platform is, you know, as I described at the start of the answer to this question, if we've got a football club that's having success in the north of England, you know, we can absolutely bottle that experience. We can bottle that methodology and then share it at scale across every single user of the system and they can learn from other teams uh, in other sports from, from all across the UK. Um, going back to my other point around the fact that, you know, there is obviously lots of volunteers who are already doing an awesome job. Uh, they're already succeeding. They're already securing lots of sponsors, they're already retaining the ones they've got fantastically well. Um, so another piece of functionality within the system is really just around how they manage sponsorship. So um, even if you've got existing sponsors before you maybe decide to join something like Snap, um, you can load all those on. So you still get all the benefits of the reminders, making sure you get the invoices out on time, making sure you engage those sponsors, deliver them value, again, reducing your administration, um, but making sure that, you know, all of those sponsors are kept happy and you increase that retention. And what we actually find is uh, people that use our platform and load their existing sponsors tend to find that those sponsors stay longer and spend more with their clubs. So th there's a benefit from, you know, there are clubs that use our system that have no aspiration of increasing the number of sponsors number of sponsors they've got they just want to manage the ones they've got slightly better um then i suppose to the acquisition side to actually securing sponsorship side of the system you know we've got a if you imagine it's kind of a digital listing so maybe historically people might have produced a five sponsorship brochures or uh pdf documents or powerpoint slide decks you know, however it was that the club historically had kind of captured what it was that they had available for sponsorship and shared it with yeah, prospective sponsors, whether that be via telephone calls or emails or or sending out mail shots, you know, it's kind of it's fraught with potential challenges. You always get caught up with by you know gatekeepers. You know, it might be the PA or secretary, or you know, it gets passed around the office and no one actually gets hold of it and deals with it. Um, so we first of all we take away that challenge because it's all digitized. So you know, if you imagine you're printing an A5 sponsorship brochure, you might be limited to ten pages. 
So what do you put on those 10 pages? You know, what if it's not quite the right thing that's going to attract the particular sponsor in question? Um, with a digital listing service, you're not limited to 10 pages, it's infinite. So you can load as many things as you could possibly think of. And we also encourage and kind of take people away from those traditional things, which is like front of shirt, left sleeve, being on a pitch side hoarding or paging a program. Those things are all great. And of course they still exist, but it's all the other things that maybe we don't consider. You know, what about covering expenses of, um, you know, coaches travel? What about, you know, our digital assets? What about the newsletter we send to our members? What about being at the footer of a social post? I mean, there's all sorts of things that, you know, we need to understand are valuable to, to, to potential businesses. Um, so yeah, there's that whole piece around, you know, how do we actually list what it is we have available? And when you look at the costs of things like print, you know, just, to put, run a, a set of A5 sponsorship brochures would, would cost you more than what it would be to be on Snap for a year and have access to that type of technology. Um, and of course, you know, if it's if it's live and in real time, you don't have a situation where those printed copies or those documents become outdated or redundant. You know, the system keeps everything very current and, and up to date. And I suppose finally, it's like, how do we actually get out there? How do we tell the world that we're open for business? And I suppose if I go back to my example of the of the brochure you know if you print let's say 100 copies of a, a lovely sponsorship brochure and you give those to i don't know four volunteers and we each got 25 copies of the brochure and volunteer number one goes and sells the item on page two all of a sudden you've got 99 copies of your sponsorship brochure that are now effectively redundant or page two is redundant and your risk is that volunteer number three or four or two goes away and sells the same item in good faith that you know brilliant i've gone and done my first deal for, on behalf of the club and they come back and then they realize that volunteer number one's already sold it you know so we, we we do away with that challenge and we've got a social sharing tool and lots of people um that may be listening today understand you know the likes of the hoot suites and buffers and tweet decks of this world phenomenal platforms that enable you to aggregate posting across various social media channels simultaneously but one of the big challenges that our, our users our members of snapsponsorship.com have told us is that one of the first hurdles they face is well what do i write What's the right hashtags? How do I tag an organization? Um, so all of that we've done. So we've effectively built a, a very similar system to Hootsuite, but then we've also given um, uh, uh, the, the users of Snap the ability to actually take our suggested text. They can still tailor it and edit it to their need and to get the right tone of voice for their club. But we kind of get them 80% of the way there. So all they've got to do is kind of polish the edges and then get it out to the market. And if you imagine if you could go on and there's lots of examples of clubs that have done this on the system and, you know, Dice up in Scotland is one of my favourite. You know, they, those guys were, were super successful in tagging in local car garages, for example. You know, they just put a post out saying, we're looking for a, for a, for a car garage to be a partner of ours. Um, we've got 50 members that have 50 cars. They all need MOTs in the service this year. And they tagged in, you know, half a dozen to a dozen local car garages on Twitter. And one of them came back within 24 hours and said, drop us an email here. Lo and behold, they've done a deal. And it was the catalyst to... Uh, dice going on to secure 13 sponsors using the exact same methodology you know what do our members buy what products do they buy what services do they buy and how do i engage those businesses in the most time efficient way and tagging them on social media is a, a great way to do that and we've got that all built in the system as well so whilst there's loads more functionality andrew I'm, you know i could talk yep. all day about it you know they're probably the the four four key things i would say in making the the, the real difference to our our members as it stands at the moment Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what kind of kind of return on investment would a club club get in terms of once they're on the system? What kind of levels of success have they been enjoying with, with the platform? Um, so we've got some there's some interesting stats around this. I mean, but also I'll give you a different slightly different example as well, because it's probably one of my favorites at the moment. It's really topical for me because it's happened in the last kind of couple of months. Um, so I'll start with that. You know, we've got we've got a club on the system called Wood and Mortimer. Um, they're a cricket club. Uh, they're based in Essex in England. Um, and uh, and those guys came to us having attended a webinar that we conducted on behalf of Essex Cricket, uh, their county organization. Um, they signed up to the platform and the guy, uh, the, the, the guy that signed up for, from the club is a guy called George. He's been at the club for 10 years. Um, really passionate member, loves the club. Um, they are a very small club. Um, they're a single team, uh, play on a Sunday in the Sunday league. Um, but, you know, they, they're a really respectable group of people and really want to grow their club. And they've always had a challenge of being able to grow their club because they sit between two very large clubs geographically. So the junior section tend to gravitate towards those two bigger clubs. Um, but, but that being said, you know, fantastic club, single team, men only, play on a Sunday. In the 10 years that George has been a member of that club, he's never, they've never had a sponsor to his knowledge. 
And he talked about the fact that previous chairman, fantastic guy, stalwart of the club, you know, he'd sent hundreds of letters to local businesses with zero uh, success. Um, they joined Snap and they set themselves a really modest target. So like, if we get a thousand pounds, that would make a that would make a genuine difference to us. It would enable us to to, to fund some th- certain product projects at the club that would just reduce the burden on the players, and it would have been a it would have been a step change. Um, I'm delighted to say that after ten days on the system, they secured sixteen hundred pounds, um, which was kind of you know bit of a mind blowing moment for them. You know, wasn't remotely surprising to me or the team here at Snap, but to them, you know, they were they were blown away. And we said, well, guys, you know, you got to revise your target because you can't be over you can't be over target. Um, so they revised it to two and a half thousand. Um, I think they got to about the three-week point and they surpassed that. They revised their target to £4,000 and, and they've been on the platform, as I say, just over three months now. And uh, at three months, they secured £4,000. So a club that had zero sponsorship set themselves an initial target of £1,000. Know, within three months, they smashed it and they're at, they're at £4,000. Um, back to your kind of main point about return on investment. When we talk about kind of uh, key statistics at Snap, you know, one of the things that we measure is you know, if someone is following our process, if they have three or more users on the system, because that's a key criteria, you know, if we get a club that has three people sharing the burden, so maybe someone who's, you know, a bit of a whiz on social, someone who's fairly tech savvy, and maybe the treasurer or chairman, whoever it may be that needs to kind of sign off deals. Um, if we've got three users on the platform, they're following our guidance, following the best practice that we've learned and we share from other clubs, what we're seeing is clubs are typically getting 100 times ROI. So we're seeing clubs on average secure somewhere in the region of £10,000. Um, and that's based on a, on a subscription of around 100 pounds to snap on an annual basis so yeah that's what yeah that's what we're seeing on average of course by definition an average means that there are some that are absolutely exceeding that considerably and there are others that are you know like wood and mortimer that are only securing the kind of four thousand pounds but as i explained earlier you know four thousand pounds to wood and mortimer is is a huge achievement yeah absolutely that's an incredible achievement I've maybe jumped a question ahead because I wanted to ask you about the, the sort of cost to a club because for all the functionality that it that it provides, presumably there there is a fee involved to a to a club. Yeah, and, and it's evolved. It's, it's changed a lot as a business. Uh, of course, you know we're you know, we have to survive as a, as an organisation. You know nothing nothing happens for free. Uh, certainly, building technology platforms doesn't happen for free. Um, you know we've invested best part of one and a half million pounds in in technology development. Um, we are set up as a not for profit, so you know we we kind of position ourselves now. Uh, in a way that you know we just need to make sure we've got enough to survive as a business uh, and to be able to deliver what we want to deliver to the grassroots landscape um so we we looked uh, really deeply um at our pricing model at our commercial structure when we changed from being a rugby only platform to a multi-sports platform a couple of years ago um and previously we were charging um different subscription levels and there was commissions involved and and what we realized when we were trying to deal with a, a vast audience of 215,000 clubs was it was all about simplification yeah we wanted to make this a no-brainer for every club in the country to get help and to enable them to become you know more commercially sustainable and, and sponsorship being uh, a key part of that um so we've got one simple pricing mechanism now uh, there are no ways that clubs can get new functionality additional functionality add more users you know it's one of the pet hates i have of most technology platforms where you, know, you can have five people using the system if you want the sixth person you have to upgrade your subscription that stuff drives me nuts. So it's something we don't do at Snap and we'll never do. So uh, to be a member on Snap, it's £9 a month. Um, that's £108 a year. And yeah, there is a rationale behind that price point. Um, we did quite a lot of research around the cost of being a member at sports clubs uh, across the UK. Um, and the, probably the most credible piece of data we could find was from the Sport Recreation Alliance. They ran a survey back in 2018. Um, first of all, it identified the fact there are 215,000 amateur sports clubs but it went on to identify the fact that the average cost of being an adult participating member on average across those 215,000 clubs was 108 pounds a year, nine pounds a month. So that's where we set our price. Uh, so using one and a half million pounds worth of technology and eight years of uh, development as a business and, and understanding um, you know, is, is nine pounds a month or 108 pounds a year. Um, commercially, we don't charge any other fees. So there are no commissions. So if you secure 100 pounds, 100,000 pounds, whatever the sum is, you keep 100% of that revenue from your sponsors. And we don't charge anything from anyone else. So there is no fees to sponsors, they can use the system for free. We want them to come in, we want them to, you know, ultimately, our ambition to move money from UK PLC into grassroots sport, you know, means we have to have no friction on that side. So there is no fees to the sponsor, it's only what they 
they pay our clubs. Um, so yeah, so we've got no, no commissions, it's nine pounds a month, but it's also worth noting that obviously, you know, delighted to be here with you today. And obviously we've got this partnership uh, with yourselves at, at Club Development Scotland, as we have with many other organizations across the UK, you know, we've, we're now partnered with over 50% of the um, uh, FA counties, uh, I think 16 or 17 county cricket boards. Um, we've got active partnerships nationally, and obviously with Club Development Scotland, you're one of I think 42 43 partners we now have um, and with the code that you have at Club Development Scotland anyone that's maybe listening today that decides to join up if they use your promotional code which is simply Club Development Scotland they can gain access to the platform on a 12 months for the price of 11 basis so it actually brings it down to £8.25 or £99 a year so um, you know from my perspective you know really important that you know we work with our partners because of course the support that Club Development Scotland and yourself are giving clubs is is invaluable and you know if, if you have that network and you're a step closer to them than we are you know our ambition is to get this technology in every club to support every club as quickly as possible um so you know hence why we're working through through a network of partners which is which seems to be working really well yeah brilliant thank you very much and i think that probably gives a kind of idea of the return potential return on investment to a, to a club as well with the with the cost and um you know, speaking speaking from experience, I can say it's well worth it as well. Perhaps you you, you mentioned Woodham Watermer there, club in uh, recruit club in Essex. What are some of the other examples of clubs that have been on the platform and perhaps success stories that you've had of, of, of using uh, Snap sponsorship? Yeah, I mean, we mentioned Woodham Watermer earlier. I mean, so you know, just recapping on those guys, you know, Sunday League team, uh, single squad, um, you know, zero to four thousand pounds from a standing start. You know, phenomenal success for them. Um, they were really proactive you know there are no silver bullets with anything in life you know there's no there's no getting away from it they put a bit of work in um, but I think there's a really nice case study on our website where they talk really openly and what I love about it is they didn't realize we were recording for the first 15 minutes and it's a really authentic opinion from them on the fact that you know they set out with a with a low ambition um, in terms of, or expectation I should say in terms of value but, you know, they have loads of ambition as a club and it just goes to show what a little bit of effort can, can deliver. And I think their words were something along the lines of, you know, the more we the more effort we put in, the more more we got out. And I mean, couldn't be a truer statement for life. Right. You know, they, they, they put in the effort and they've seen the results. Um, they're certainly not alone. I mean, if we pick a different geography and a different sport, you know, again, I mentioned them slightly uh, earlier. There's Dice Rugby Club. They're based up in Scotland. Uh, lovely guys up there. They're actually our first club in Scotland to ever sign up. So I flew up to Scotland and met them. Um, Really humble guys, uh, went to their ground. It's a council rented pitch. Um, they've got no infrastructure. You know, it is literally a, a patch of grass with rugby posts on. Um, there's no clubhouse, there's no facilities. It's, it's adjacent to the local Asda superstore. Um, credit to the guys, they managed to negotiate a, a deal with the with the local Asda store manager. They got themselves a little ship container, which was in disrepair in the Asda car park. And they kind of adopted it as a club, gave it a lick of paint. And that's where they store their bibs, balls and cones. Um, the clubhouse is a local pub um, and those guys, you know, they, they started off with kind of 300 pounds of sponsorship revenue. Um, they called it sponsorship revenue. It was money raised from a, uh, a club uh, race night. They did, a, they did a virtual race night. And I think the if memory serves me right. I think the guy Phil there was telling me they felt like he lost a few weeks of his life in organizing it. And the net result of the, the, the activity was, was 300 quid. Um, my again from memory they've roughly secured something in the in the order of nine thousand pounds using the platform wow. single single team club again um based in aberdeen uh 50 members clubhouse is a local pub council rented pitch you know if those guys can do it uh yeah it, yeah anyone can um at the other extreme you know you've got you've got other clubs i mean let's pick on your your example for a second you know obviously delighted that you, know, you signed up soccer am uh, AM Soccer, sorry, with with with, with the platform, um, and you, you guys have had a really good experience as well. I mean, I don't know whether you want to say something about it. Cause, I mean, rather than me talk about it, Andrew, you, you've you've seen it firsthand. You've used it. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's 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 everything that you you've kind of said, Mark, in terms of centralising those opportunities that that we as a club had. You know, much as you said, we would go and print those kind of brochures and, and pamphlets and leaflets, and then you would tweak it maybe a couple of months in, and, and it would be out of date. Um, or they would just sit there lying in, in the office as well. So having something online that you could easily share um, was, was really valuable to us. And actually, it didn't take us very long, um, actually, with the support of your staff as well, in terms of helping getting the profile set up and ready to go and ready to go live in public. 
start sharing some of the opportunities that we had, you know, thinking kind of creatively about what assets that we, we, we had as a club. Um, but having, having Snap there really um, has been successful for us in terms of bringing in income from, from both people that are already associated with the club that weren't aware of those opportunities, perhaps, um, and people that we didn't know knew much about the club or were interested in it. So it's, um, it's massively helped us. So, uh, you know, in that sense, um, the return on investment has been, has been great. Yeah. I think you pick up on a really good point there because, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to get kind of blinkered by, you know, we're going to go out to a new business. We don't know. We've never spoken to before mm. and try and impart on them on the passion that we have for our club, you know, why we think it's great for them to be involved. Um, but actually looking within your own membership, you know, how many mums and dads and guardians of little Johnny or little Jane in whichever age group it might be, um, could be the most phenomenal sponsor for the club. But just at this moment in time, doesn't know how to get involved you know it's unrealistic to expect any volunteer to um speak to every single parent to know every single person in every single age group at the club you know all of a sudden if you can somehow digitize this using snap and share it on whatever communication method your members use and it might be that you know the under eight use facebook messenger the under 12s use a whatsapp group the you know the under 18s use an email system you know whatever it is at the end of a url you know you can be displaying to them you can be showing them everything the club has to offer from a sponsorship perspective and you know again many of our users find that actually a lot of that new sponsorship contact a lot of that new revenue comes from people that are as you as you rightly pointed out are already members of the club they are they're already 90 percent of the way there because they already have the passion and connection they just need to be shown the way. Um, so, yeah, really good point. Yeah, absolutely. And I mentioned there some of the support that we got from from the SNAP team. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about who's who's involved alongside yourself. Uh, obviously, the, the the founder of SNAP. But uh, who who are some of the staff you've got working at SNAP? Um, so we've got a really. Uh, I'm really uh, sort of. Uh, I'm in awe of a lot of our of our team members. You know, we've got some phenomenally well educated, passionate sports people. Uh, and equally, we've got some people who have just been very new to a to an industry, but very tech savvy. Um, and you know, what what I found is, you know, we've 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 created a team here which are, are kind of become passionate about every club that we have on the system. And you know, it's really hard probably for me to articulate, but you know, when I when I speak to the team we've got here, the team of account managers that support all of our clubs, um, the, these guys talk as if they're members of the club, and that's what I think makes them so helpful and so valuable to to our customers um you know when i when i see disappointment when i see like genuine upset from some of my members of staff when sponsorship deals come to an end with clubs for no one's for no one's fault you know they may have just run their course they may have met their objectives and they've and they've, they've served their purpose and they've, they've run their natural cycle um you know i i see some of the same disappointment amongst my team as 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 like you'd see from the actual people at the club as well so um yeah, that for me is, is kind of the start point is the passion. Um, we've got a really passionate team of people. Yeah, how do we support support our clubs? Well, most of our clubs um, come on the system, uh, sign up, and then they follow the natural flow that the system takes them through. We use a system called Walk Me, which enables people to come on and it literally click by click walks them through the entire process of building a profile and going live. Um, the record as it stands at the moment from sign up to going live is about 90 minutes. Um, someone coming on, using the guidance notes and just getting it done. Um, equally, we've got plenty of customers that sign up and then pick up the phone or come on the online chat function we have on the website and say, I signed up, what do I do next? Uh, and equally, that's absolutely fine. So every single one of our clubs on the platform gets assigned an account manager. Um, the account managers are on hand, on email, on phone to support. Um, we've got 24 hour chat on, on the platform. So there is someone there to, to kind of pick up and answer questions. Um, so, you know, we, we, you know, we will make any club that wants to be successful on Snap successful. Uh, if they're prepared to put in the time and, and talk to our account managers, you know, we, I'm yet to find a club that's followed our guidance and, and not had, you know, uh, really good success and really good outcomes. So I suppose the, the key thing for me is, you know, no one should fear technology uh, to enable them to, to move forward their sponsorship. If they embrace it, um, we will make them successful. We, 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 we live and die by the success of those clubs because one thing I didn't mention earlier is, you know, we, we have removed and, 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 and endeavoured to make this an absolute no-brainer for clubs and we respect and understand having come from 
a volunteering environment in clubs that you know we don't want to take money from grassroots sport we're in the business of putting it in there so clubs can cancel at any time if they sign up to a monthly package um they can they can they can stop at 30 days uh, you know 28th day of the month they can cancel and not pay the 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 next subscription of nine pounds on on monday morning so you know if we're not delivering value um we don't exist so um the great thing for me is that you know we give we give clubs that flexibility but we also have a passionate team that that will make them successful and i suppose one thing that one of our members said to me which i think sums it up really well um they kind of expressed a nervousness about being capable and it literate enough to use the technology um and after they set up their profile and secured their first sponsor, that their words to me were not quite quote, but it was something along the lines of, oh, well, if I knew it was as easy as joining a Zoom call and that was the benchmark kind of for the for the, for the IT knowledge I needed, I would have started a lot earlier. Um, which, you know, coming from a, a slightly older person uh, who was chairman of the club um, was re- really reassuring to me because obviously naturally it's one of our concerns is, you know, does the technology provide a barrier to access, a barrier to entry for, for anyone? Um, and we've got we've got people from all sports, as I mentioned, at all performance levels, but we've also got a lot of disability athletes that have come on board. And there's been some uh, adaptations made to the system to make sure that, you know, maybe people that use screen readers or, or, or necessarily don't have the ability to converse using uh, speech or use phones, you know, we, we've, we've, we've developed things which, which support them better as well. So, you know, it, it, it will always keep evolving. And what I love, again, about the system is the fact that, you know, all of what we've produced, all of what we've designed and developed on the platform has been driven by solving the problems that our our customers, our members, volunteers, much like probably people that are listening today, have brought to the table. You know, there is a feedback loop which never stops. Uh, The very top of every profile on the dashboard, there is the ability for a club to tell us what they think could be improved, what would help them better. And that just comes as a constant feedback loop and we just keep developing functionality which solves those problems for them. So uh, ultimately, if someone can turn on the computer, if someone could probably log on to listen to this conversation we're having today, um, by definition, they can they can build a Snap profile. So, and we will get them, we will get them there. Absolutely brilliant stuff. So just, just more broadly, we you mentioned um, kind of Daesh Rugby Club, the kind of single team uh, setup. I, I suspect there'll be a lot of clubs that are in that kind of same boat um that perhaps would wonder what they have to offer in terms of actually attaining and, and recruiting and attracting sponsorship so i just wondered what kind of advice you would offer them in terms of thinking creatively what kind of things they should be thinking about in terms of attracting some of those sponsors if they if they were a bit worried that they didn't have anything to offer yeah i i'd kind of i defy anyone to say they haven't got anything to offer and and you know actually we don't need to be we don't need to kind of make this very complicated you know if, if we go back to that dice example we used earlier you know if if anyone listening today is plays a sport whether they're as an individual or as a team or as a club for example do you drive a car and i'll go back to my simple garage example well if you drive a car if you have a membership of 20 50 100 people however many it may be 1000 2000 you know how many cars have you got now we can't expect every single one of our members to drop the car garage the mot station whoever it is that they've loyally used for the last 10 years but there will be a proportion of our members who would be prepared to potentially switch or don't yet have a loyalty to a particular place or better still we already have i don't know half our membership using a particular garage well of course if we can understand that and and capture that as a value introduce ourselves to a relevant sponsor explain you know why we think we're valuable as a club identify to them the potential value of a partnership with us then what you know why wouldn't a sponsor want to get involved um and, and yeah using that dice example again it's like well you know, if i can present to them that we think that 50 percent of our 50 members might come and get an mot of which we expect a certain amount to fail need a bit of remedial work a few of them will probably want a service you know we, we did this exact piece of work desktop exercise for dice and we established it they're probably conservatively worth somewhere in the region of five thousand pounds to a local car garage well they tagged in however many it was half a dozen local garages and as i said earlier within 24 hours one of them comes back and and and, and kind of bites because they've got that fear of missing out you know they don't want to be you know they've got five of their competitors tagged into that social post well of course they want you know someone's going to jump first because they're going to get that fear fear of missing out uh, and that worked and it's not just about that value that year it's like well then when, when we're presenting this to a potential sponsor, what's the lifetime value we're presenting? Because 
if we start that process and they stay a sponsor for a couple of years, we may well give them lifetime loyalty from a driver, um, which, you know, and you can apply that to any industry. You know, how many members at the club get their windows cleaned at their house every, every month? You know, the local window cleaner. You know, how, many, how many people move house? If you look at the UK average statistics, 15% of the population move house per annum. Just let that sink in for a second. You know, if you imagine you take your membership and you, you work out, or, you know, if you just use really simple desktop mathematical uh, kind of equation, if 15% of your members were to move house and you know what your average house price is in your local area, and we take an arbitrary figure, even half a percent, 1% fees that a state agency charge, it's probably an eye-watering sum of money that a local estate agent could potentially earn from your members if they become the local trusted partner of the club. So it's really just about identifying, you know, what is it that a potential sponsor might want? Explaining to them the fact that you've done that piece of work, you've understood, you've gone about your business to understand what you think that sponsor might want in terms of a return from, from your membership, how you think you might go about doing it, and then ask the question, would you like to be, you know, our preferred estate agency partner of ABC Sports Club? Because we think that, 15% of our thousand members might move per year. We think that even if we were to be very conservative and say 1% of those might use you, it potentially could deliver you this much in fees. Now, providing that you're asking for a relative sum of money, so if you're asking them for, I don't know, a thousand pounds and your expectations, they might earn four in the year. Well, what business owner isn't going to bite your arm off for that opportunity? Um, and when you land with someone like, let's you know, stick with my estate agency example for a second, you know, if you land with someone like an estate agent, you can very quickly ask them to, to take you on a journey through their supply chain. So you know, if as a club, um, you sign that estate agent, well, that estate agent would be able to introduce you to uh, the local mortgage advisor, the local removals company, the local solicitor, the surveyor. You know, so all of a sudden, one sponsor could very quickly become five. And then all of a sudden, if you've got this kind of portfolio of sponsors, it supports property transactions well why wouldn't they come in and run a webinar or a, a seminar at your club advising members on maybe how members could go about buying houses for an investment portfolio or maybe a first-time buyers webinar for some of the younger age groups of the club you know, there's a whole series of things that then all of a sudden you could do and be presenting to potential sponsors as value um, again it doesn't have to be you know, that might be perceived as, as complicated Take it to another extreme. What about if the local butcher just wants more people to walk through his door and buy, buy his produce? Well, you know, nice sunny weekend. Let's pick on a cricket club in the cricket season. Why wouldn't the local butcher want to provide the produce for a barbecue to be run on the boundary when a cricket match is happening on a Saturday so all the local members can come along and try his fantastic produce and get a 10% off voucher to go and get their next, next shop at the local butcher's? You know, it, it can be as simple as that. You know, we don't have to overcomplicate these things. You know, how do we understand what it is a business wants and how can we as a club help deliver that? If we can't, don't go there. If we can, it's just about delivering and articulating that message to them. That, that for me is kind of how I always uh, advise clubs to get started. Start by looking at your membership. What products and services do they buy? There's your start point for your first, first sponsors to go after. Mm -hmm so that's 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 huge there's so much in there that you for, for a club to be thinking about i think that's that's hugely valuable thank you providing they sort of have that discussion and they progress it and and they they're getting to the stage now where um it makes sense to everyone who's the kind of best place within within the organization to be able to sort of sign off on that and come to an agreement and then i suppose a, a sort of a later question is what what, what should they do to to keep that because you know, I suspect maintaining a sponsor is 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 hugely valuable and saves the hassle of trying to find a new a new sponsor. So, so two part question really. You know, how do they come to that agreement, sign off? What kind of things do they need, and uh, what do they do to keep that sponsor sort of involved for the long term? Yeah, I think I sort of start with the end there. I mean, you know, it's far easier to to keep sponsors and keep them happy than it is to go and secure new ones. I mean, that's that's the first thing to be said. Um, and obviously, if you've got a large turnover, a churn of sponsors, you know, it's a, it's the best way to turn off, you know, potential new ones, because if they look that your sponsors keep changing, well, you've got to ask the question why. Uh, obviously, the value isn't isn't being delivered. Um, in terms of, you know, who, who we speak to, I mean, from, you know, it's about identifying maybe the person with the best 
position or best alignment within the club, within the sponsors organization. You know, of course, if we have someone in our organization as a club, as a team, as a league, a national government, whoever it is, it's using, you know, is looking for the sponsorship. If we have someone who is um, the right person, maybe aligned through their employment, you know, it may well be that we have a, uh, a local surveyor uh, that we want to approach. If we have the estate agent already, who may be a member of the club or as existing sponsor, you know, I, I would involve them in the conversation. I think when we try and identify who the right person is, you know, really at the club, it's it's someone who's you know, prepared and has the time and has the willingness and availability to actually speak to potential sponsors, maybe understands the industry in question. Um, and that doesn't have to be the person that does the legwork. You know, if we've got a volunteer who wants to lead on sponsorship, um, it might just be smart to involve people at the club who maybe have an interest in that area or have a uh, or have a need for that service. You know, if we can identify someone who's moving and say, well, you know, we want to involve these guys in the conversation at an early stage, you know, it, it, it could be the thing that, that kind of pushes it over the line. Um, and when it comes to, when it comes to sponsors, you know, we, we don't have to, um, we don't have to look far from our, our own doorstep to, to find local businesses that would probably like to get involved with our, with our local members, but also we, we, we don't need to also ignore, you know, regional or national brands. You know, we had a fantastic example the other week of you know, Kidderminster Cricket Club. Um, they managed to secure, I think it was 750 pounds from a, from a spec savers, you know, a national organization that nationally saw the opportunity that they presented um, to the local club with their local branch. So although they went right to the very top nationally, it then came back down and is going to be executed at a local level with a regional branch with a local cricket club. Um, so you know, in terms of finding the right person, I mean, if the proposition is right, um, finding someone in the organization, organization to listen is, is, is kind of almost the easy part. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, but I've got a penultimate question for you, uh, which is what's the kind of most innovative approach you've seen to, to sponsorship, either on, on Snap or, or elsewhere? Uh, what, what, what would you say kind of has really kind of um, caught your eye and, and you've been impressed by? Um, I suppose there's there's kind of the, there's really different approaches that people come up with. And I think you know, there's yeah, if innovative could be the right word, I suppose uh, to, to describe some of this. I mean, I'll give it give you a couple of examples. I mean, one of my favourite things that I saw, um, uh, or oh, not favourite, one of the things I've seen a club do is is generate what they describe as kind of raffle tickets. So you know, we have we have what we could describe assets and opportunities within the SNAP system. So an asset is kind of the container and then the opportunities are the bits that go within it. So an asset might be the first team shirt, and then the opportunities would be the left sleeve, the right sleeve, the chest, the back. So it's kind of the components. Um, we had one club who sort of looked at the system and, and then they looked at their resource they had as a club and the amount of volunteer capacity they had. And they kind of established the fact that or they certainly got to a point where they, they were quite concerned about offering too much detailed activation, too much commitment to, to local businesses because they were worried about underperforming, about under-delivering as a club. Um, so they took the decision just to load the asset as raffle and the opportunities as ticket one, two, three, four, and, and so on. And what that enabled them to do is sell those raffle tickets at a blanket cost to all the local businesses that they could get interested and then they just did a draw. So the first person out the hat went on what they perceived to be the most prestigious opportunity, which is the front of the shirt. The second person out got the next one and so on and so on. So all of a sudden you had hundreds of businesses paying a relatively low sum of money each, but overall that gave them quite a significant sponsorship revenue stream. And then they just got divvied up based on the draw uh, in terms of what it was they were allocated as a sponsor, but they all got acknowledgement on the website and a link and various other things. So that was kind of, I suppose, innovative in terms of the manipulation of the system that we've created just to enable our members to use it how they see fit. Um, a second example I'll give you is what's been really interesting during kind of this pandemic that we've all just been, been, been experiencing for the last kind of 18 months um, is clubs have found themselves in a position where they've got some, some consistent fixed costs that, that don't go away, even though maybe they haven't trained or they haven't played. Um, and we've seen people using the system to actually list those costs. So, you know, the gas, the water, the electric, the insurance bills, you know, the monthly direct debits. Um, and they've actually listed those opportunities. And we've seen club members, fans, local businesses, you know, wanting to support, wanting to kind of maybe exercise and flex this corporate social responsibility budget to kind of support the local club. So that's been, I suppose, quite innovative and a, and a manipulation of the system. 
And I suppose at the other extreme, and probably one of my proudest examples of, of what I would call like really smart activation is um, there was a deal done with uh, an organisation called Optegra. Uh, with a local rugby club and also a local cricket club they sponsored both the reason they sponsored both is because they wanted 12 month uh, exposure so obviously the, the cricket season and rugby season complement one another um, and they sponsored both and an Optegra had a couple of objectives I mean they're, they're ophthalmic health so they deal with laser eye surgery cataracts glaucoma and various other eye conditions they only work with with adults um, uh, so it's private ophthalmic health uh, care um, and what they did was they sponsored the two clubs and one of their first objectives was the fact they'd been through quite a considerable rebrand. So new branding, new logo, new color palette. Um, and what we identified and saw was that there were two clubs that met the criteria of being in the town that they were based. Um, they then went on to meet the criteria that they had large memberships. But also what was really interesting is when you go on the internet, you can find statistics for road traffic. So the cricket club had about eight and a half million vehicles a year that travel past the, the entrance to the cricket club. Uh, the rugby club in question had about six and a half million. Um, so the first thing we did was we, we actually sponsored the main road access signs to the club. So welcome to XYZ Rugby Club, welcome to XYZ Cricket Club. And they were branded with the new Optegra branding. So it's kind of the first tick box of just raising the profile and awareness of this new rebranded organisation. The second one was around... Um, uh, becoming famous in the local community, which is a bit fluffy in terms of terminology, but it was, it was one of their corporate objectives. Yeah, how do we become famous in the local community in which we serve? So um, I'll give you there was examples run at both the cricket club and rugby club. If I give you the example of the rugby club, the rugby club season coincided with Easter. Um, so we ran an Easter egg hunt on site and it was on a festival day. So if you imagine a typical rugby club festival day, you've got clubs and kids from all over the county, embarking and landing in one club location to run through a festival and the very nature of running a festival there's downtime for certain teams at certain times when they're not actually playing on the field so how do we keep them entertained how do we improve the experience of their day well there was an easter egg hunt so they could come along they could collect a basket from the Obtegra stand and they could go off through the trail that was laid and they could find these what we use little counters they have to bring back counters uh, why because you know health and safety we can't leave chocolate out and all various things so you know we've got these little counters and they come back to the store they've collected their counters and they could redeem those counters against you know, some chocolates or some sweets or uh, so there were some coloring books and various other things um and all of a sudden you've got parents turning up saying oh sorry how much is it to how much did it to have a go and we're like no no it's absolutely free you know Optegra here you know we had a life-size uh, bunny a person inside a bunny outfit with a Optegra branded rugby shirt on you know dancing around um, loads of Optegra branding on the day. And all of a sudden, these kids are filling the downtime. We're helping the coaches who are trying to entertain the kids when they're not playing. Um, the kids are having a great experience. And we had people from Optegra there answering questions of parents who were saying, they said, well, I've been born glasses for 20 years. You know, what's my options? And, and lo and behold, it generated not only a warm, fuzzy feeling, which you know, was really great because it delivered a whole wave of positive feedback. You know, we had clubs from all around the county writing back to the club saying, such a great experience. Massive thanks to Optegra. Kids had a great day. Really enjoyed the Easter egg hunt. But also Optegra were able to talk with some prospective clients directly and, and actually get some follow-up appointments booked with, with, with potential customers. And the other thing was around, you know, how do they, um, we wanted to do some, some fun experiences for the kids, but also deliver an educational message. You know, how do we look after our eyes and why is it important that we do that? And I mentioned at the start of this example that, you know, they don't treat children. Um, they don't operate on, 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 on junior eyes, um, but they were keen to deliver an educational message for National Eye Health Week. And historically, the marketing around National Eye Health Week had been, you know, look after your eyes, they're important. Well, we, we're all told that from a young age, but a lot of it, I think, goes over our head as, as young people. So what we did on the day was we ran a skills and evasion drill. Um, where we had kids weaving in and out of cones, over bags, under things, and then had to pass a ball to a target. And, uh, and they were all done it and they were timed and filmed whilst doing it. Um, and then what we did is we re-ran the same drill, uh, but each time putting swimming goggles on them with a different impairment. So they had a pair of swimming goggles on with Vaseline rubbed inside or a little black dot drawn or a scratch lens. And that replicated the three most common eye conditions that Optegra treated. And we put the kids back through the skills and evasion drill. And then at the end, we said, well, when you had your eyes, this was the time you did. When you had an impairment with a Vaseline or a black dot or scratch lens, this was your time. And without exception, every single child had a 
a reduction in performance. Their time increased, their accuracy decreased. Um, and when we then asked the children, so how does it make you feel about, you know, looking after your eyes? And all of a sudden the penny drops and you could see these kids and the comments they came out with were, again, so authentic. And then that, that video footage that was captured, those comments from those children is what was then used for the National Eye Health Week campaign. And, you know, so there's kind of the other extreme from the barbecue with the butcher on the boundary at the cricket club I described earlier. There's the other extreme of the value that a club can deliver to a potential sponsor. And it's just thinking about, you know, how do I deliver that message? How do I bring this sponsorship deal to life to, to deliver on those objectives for the sponsor? Perfect. That's a, that's a great example. Thank you, Mark. Um, so just finally, for anyone that, that's listening and has, has heard our conversation and is really excited about the prospect of getting signed up, what, what can they do? Where can they go? And how do they get started? Um, yeah, yeah. Anyone can anyone can sign up to Snap. Um, really simple process. Probably takes a couple of minutes. Um, once you've done it, you then you know, you've got that ninety minute record to beat. If you can build your profile quicker, you'll, you'll be taking the crown crown on that one. Um, you can go to snapsponsorship.com. So S N A P snapsponsorship.com. Um, there's a login button on the top right, and from there you can sign up as a club, or you can sign up as a sponsor if there's any sponsors listening. Um, when you get to that point, yeah, there is the opportunity to put in a promotional code and obviously Club Development Scotland are being one of our partners and I'm sure we can get this sent out when this this uh, this recording gets published. But Club Development Scotland is a promo code and that will entitle the uh, the, the user to 12 months for the price of 11. So only £8.25 or, or £99 a year. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's as simple as it is to get started. Snapsponsorship.com. Uh, all the information's on there. Most of what I've talked about today, you can find in the new section in the case studies uh, on the literature that's on the site. Um, equally, if, if, if anyone's listening and they aren't quite right and uh, ready for the, for, for, for the leap of faith, as it were, or, or wants a bit more information, you know, there's a chat function on the site. You know, any of the account managers or the team here at Snap would be delighted to, to show it to you in the context of your club, your organisation, and maybe give you a bit more advice and guidance before you make that decision. Um, we're very used to making presentations to committees and, and answering lots of questions about uh, where we've come from and why we exist. And I suppose in summary for me, you know, I'm very passionate about grassroots sport. Uh, my objective is, you know, how do I move money from UK PLC into grassroots sport whilst delivering value and a, a genuine win-win for both parties. And we seem to have found that formula. It seems to be working very, very well. And I suppose the, the key thing for me now is how do we get that proven concept into the hands of as many clubs as we possibly can. So, you know, we'd love to see uh, as many clubs as possible using that code uh, and signing up on Snap. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, as, as somebody that's used the platform on behalf of a club, I can 100% um, recommend the platform and, and say it's well worth any club's time and, uh, and investment as well. So, Mark, thank you so much for, for your time this morning. It's been really valuable and uh, good luck with the platform and uh, we'll look forward to seeing how it develops in the future. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.